the assembly will hear the address uh, by His Excellency Macky Sall, President of the Republic of Senegal. I request the protocol to escort His Excellency. On behalf of the General Assembly, I have the honor to welcome His Excellency Macky Sall, President of the Republic of Senegal, and invite him to address the Assembly. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much, Mr. President of the General Assembly. Dear colleagues, Secretary General, ladies and gentlemen, distinguished delegates, Mr. President, on behalf of the African Union, I would like to express my thanks to your predecessor and wish you every success in the discharge of your duties. I reiterate our support to the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, as he carries out his delicate mission in this service of member states. Since our last session, the world has become more dangerous and more uncertain under the combined grip of global warming, security and health perils, and the war in Ukraine. The theme of this session reflects the urgent need to act together to ease tensions, to heal our planet, reduce persistent north-south inequalities, and reinstate the importance of multilateralism. The Security Council is called upon to address this first and foremost to make sure that all threats to international peace and security, including in Africa, are handled in the same way. Terrorism, which is gaining ground on the continent, is not just an African matter. It is a global threat that falls under the primary responsibility of the Council as it is the guarantor of the collective security mechanism under the charter of our organization. We, therefore, urge the Council to engage more with us in the fight against terrorism in Africa and to do this with more appropriate mandates and more substantial resources. Furthermore, the African Union, once again, calls for the lifting of foreign sanctions against Zimbabwe. These harsh measures continue to fuel a sense of injustice against, against an entire people and to aggravate their suffering in these times of deep crisis. In the Middle East, we reiterate the right of the Palestinian people to a viable state living side by side in peace with the State of Israel, each within secure and internationally recognized borders. We call for a de-escalation and a cessation of hostilities in Ukraine, as well as for a negotiated solution to avoid the catastrophic risk of a potentially global conflict. 
the negotiations and discussions are the best tools we have to promote peace. I launch an appeal to put together a high-level mediation mission to which the African Union stands ready to contribute. Nearly 80 years after the birth of the United Nations system and the Bretton Woods institutions, it is time for a fairer, more inclusive global governance that is more adapted to the realities of our time. It is time to overcome the reticence and to deconstruct the narratives that persist in confining Africa to the margins of decision-making circles. It is time to heed Africa's just and legitimate demand for Security Council reform as reflected in the Ezulwini consensus. In the same vein, I reaffirm our request for the African Union to be granted a seat in the G20 so that Africa can finally be represented where decisions that affect 1,400,000,000 Africans are being taken. I would like to extend my warmest thanks to the partners who have already expressed their support and invite others to give favorable consideration to our candidacy. With respect to economic and financial governance, I draw the attention of the General Assembly to the 2022 Financing for Sustainable Development report produced by some 60 multilateral institutions, including the IMF, the World Bank, the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, the International Association of Insurance Regulators, and the Financial Stability Board. This report highlights shortcomings in the assessment processes of credit rating agencies and underlines the importance of transparent methodologies so as not to undermine confidence in ratings. We are concerned by the fact that the perception of risk in Africa continues to be higher than the actual risk, which increases the cost of insurance premiums and undermines the competitiveness of our economies. And this is why Africa is renewing its proposal to the Global Crisis Response Group on Food, Energy and Finance to engage in conjunction with the G20, the IMF and the World Bank in a constructive dialogue with the ratings agencies on improving their working and assessment methods. In the same spirit, given the unprecedented scale of the global economic crisis, the African Union reiterates its call 
for the partial reallocation of special drawing rights so needed for the developing countries first and foremost and the implementation of the G20 debt service suspension initiative. Ladies and gentlemen, the unprecedented shock further destabilizes the weakest economies and makes their need for liquidity ever more pressing so as to mitigate the effects of widespread inflation and support the most vulnerable households and social strata, especially the young people and women. In addition to that, there is the need to address new and old health emergencies, including cancer, the silent killer that continues to claim millions of lives across the world. I call for a general mobilization in favor of the International Atomic Energy Agency's Ray of Hope campaign to strengthen the capacities of member countries, particularly in Africa, in the fight against cancer using nuclear technologies such as medical imaging, nuclear medicine, and radiotherapy. Mr. President, ladies and gentlemen, with the COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt only a few weeks away, Africa reiterates its commitment to the Paris Climate Agreement. At the same time, we wish to reach a consensus for a fair and equitable energy transition as was called for at the Africa-Europe summit last February at the enlarged session of the G7 summit in June and recently at the Africa Adaptation Finance Forum in Rotterdam. It is legitimate, fair and equitable that Africa, the continent that pollutes the least and lags furthest behind in the industrialization process should exploit its available resources to provide basic energy so as to improve the competitiveness of its economy and achieve universal access to electricity. I will recall that today more than 600 million Africans still live without electricity. Let us also work towards the goal of mobilizing 100 billion US dollars per year to support developing countries' adaptation efforts and to finance the African Adaptation Acceleration Program under the auspices of the African Development Bank and the Global Center for Adaptation. Moreover, we see adaptation funding not as aid, but rather as a contribution by industrialized countries to a global partnership of solidarity in return for efforts made by developing countries to avoid the polluting patterns 
that have plunged the planet into the current climate emergency. Mr. President, over and above the current emergencies, I have come to convey the message of a continent determined to work with all of its partners in a relational ethic of a dialogue of confidence and trust and mutual respect. I have come to say that Africa has suffered enough of the burden of history, that it does not want to be the place of a new Cold War, but rather a pole of stability and opportunity open to all of its partners on a mutually beneficial basis. I have come to say that we do not ignore that Africa, faced with challenges uh, which need to be pacified and stabilized. But I have also come to say that we also have Africa as a provider of solutions with an area of 30 million square kilometers, its human resources, with its more than 60% of the world's arable land, its mineral, forest, water, and energy resources. Yes, we have the Africa of Solutions with governments on the job on a daily basis. We have a vibrant and creative young people who innovate, who are entrepreneurial and who succeed. We have millions of men and women who work hard to feed, educate and care for their families, who invest, who create wealth and who generate jobs. This Africa of Solutions wants to engage with all of its partners in a reinvented relationship that trans transcends the prejudice that whoever is not with me is against me. We want a multilateralism that is open and respectful of our differences because the United Nations system, born out of the ashes of war, can only win the support of one and all on the basis of shared ideals and not local values erected as universal norms. It is by working together, respecting our differences, that we will restore the strength and vitality of the United Nations raison d'etre, which is to save present and future generations from the scourge of war, to advance the peaceful coexistence of peoples, and to foster progress by creating better living conditions for all. I wish the 77th session of the General Assembly every success. I thank you for your kind attention. On behalf of the, of the Assembly, I wish to thank the President of the Republic of Senegal for the statement just made, and I request the protocol to escort His Excellency. And the Assembly will hear an address by His Excellency Gabriel Boric Font, President of the Republic of Chile. I request, request the protocol to escort His Excellency.